0: This is the WZ Podcast here with J-Rod with the Leader of Zone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, welcome back, listeners. So, we're back with another podcast episode here. Uh, I have some very interesting topics I want to talk about. And I feel like this is something that I really want to get it out. Now, the last episode, I kind of forgot one particular topic that I wanted to discuss. And this one, I know some of you are thinking about it. If you guys are WWE fans or NXT fans, however you want to call yourselves, I'm talking about the rivalry between both Diamond Mine and Imperium. Now, ever since this whole thing with Diamond Mine and Imperium, when Diamond Mine first appeared, there's like similarities between both Factions now some of you probably say J-Rod. They're they're almost identical. No, they're not There's a difference between both Imperium and Mind. Let's talk about what's the difference Imperium it's all about for them discipline order They believe that other wrestling such as Lucha Libre or people trying to make gimmicks is an embarrassment to their sport basically believing You guys you're an embarrassment Why the hell are you here in our world? You need to get the fudge out of our world. That's how it is. You know, they don't tolerate people that are embarrassment to the sport. And I think that fits into the story. Now, Diamond Mind, their their only similarity is they are disciplined. But the only thing that matters to them is having big money matches. Now, what do you think in the story-wise how Imperium would think? They'll look at Diamond Mind. They're an embarrassment. They just think, like, why do you care about big money matches? All I care about is beating the crap of anybody that stands in her way and proving what an embarrassment into the sport is. I think that's how it plays out. Now, I can see this is going to be a much great feud to watch between both groups. You can say they're similar all you want, but there are differences between them. They're both disciplined, but they have a different type of ideology. And I think that's what makes this feud good. Because, like I said, Imperium, it's all about not letting other people ruin their sport, believing that they're an embarrassment. Like, remember, they they look at jacket time and embarrassment. Uh, same thing with MSK. Anybody who they feel is an embarrassment, they don't belong in their, in their world. That's what it, they believe. And they view Diamond Mine in that similar fashion. But what does this mean for Diamond Mine? Do they have to put up the games? Now, here's the thing. We saw Imperium, for who knows, a number of times. They have been dominant in the UK, in NXT UK. It's only a matter of time until they fully take control of NXT. And I feel right now, it's only a matter of time until Walter finally puts his sights set on the NXT Championship. So does this mean he will challenge Brock uh Braun Breaker for the title? It is a possibility. Because that's how it would roll uh, for them. Diamond mine right now, they're not in that type of position. they are, right now we have of course the Creed brothers. They're currently right now in the semi finals for the the Dusty Cups tag team classic. And I think that's gonna plays out. So here's the thing. I would like to see Diamond Mine win it. Not because I say so. It's because if they do go to the finals and they win, they most likely could be the one adversary that Imperium could consider as a threat. And an imp- and of course, their ideology. That's how it is. This this is going to be a battle of ideology for me when I look at these two teams. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes a feuds like these very exciting. And I think That's something that I think many people can get behind on and invest on. And to me, I am really investing in this. I want to see that feud. I want to see who will come on top. Will it be the Mattis Sacred or Big Money Matches? That's how it's going to be. So I'm excited, but let's see what happens in the upcoming weeks or months on this particular feud. Now, recently on AEW uh, Dynamite on Beach Break, we saw the appearance of, I'm Dan Housen. I'm very nice and very evil. So I was like, what? And there was a tease. I don't know if there was a tease coming from Dan Housen. If you guys remember, Danhausen was part of ROH. And he's no longer a part of that anymore. He said he signed a job application with A-N-W. Yeah. That's like I don't know. I feel like that was like a tease to me about AEW. I'm like, could that be it? Was he teasing us? I don't know. I mean, I find Dan Housen a unique wrestler. Now, I'm not saying he's a draw, but he fits in that same category as Orange Cassidy. You know, and I just was surprised that he did it. I don't know if fans were were thinking should a, a should Tony Khan sign Dan Housen? That's was the million dollar question for fans who, who Dan Housen. Me, I, I when I first saw Dan Housen, I thought he was a weirdo. But when I saw that one match that he had with um, with the Mecca Brian Johnson on uh, what was it? Final Battle of 2020, where he won for a shot uh, for a contract with Ring of Honor, and then he's uh, asking, "Where's my blimp? Where's my blimp?" You know, and I just love what he was doing. I just didn't see what was the the fuzz about Danhausen. But seeing him now, it was like, wow, he's good. He's really fun to watch. And I just don't know. And I don't know if fans wanted to see him go to AEW because, you know, I don't know. It, it just felt like it. And someone commented on this on when it was made official that Danhausen is now with AEW. Someone said this. Hey, ROH couldn't get him a blimp. Maybe Tony Khan can get him. I? And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that, about the blimp. He set Ring of Honor promising a blimp and he never got it. And it wouldn't surprise me if Tony Khan does get him a blimp. I just, but the, the thing is, okay, he made it his parents. He gave a little help to Orange Cassidy. How would they proceed with this <coughs> being in there? To me, I wouldn't be surprised. If Adam Cole calls him out, saying I can't stand the fact that this we- there's weirdos that came up to my house, that's what I think he would start. And I think one of those weirdos he probably was, will be pointing out is none other than Danhausen. Now, do I think there's going to be a feud with them? Maybe, but I don't think it's going to be a big feud. I'd say it could be a feud between Danhausen and. And I don't know, and whoever he's, who's going to be signed, line with him. And I wouldn't be surprised if that house joins the best friends and, of course, chaos. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It just makes me laugh because I just don't know. It just, it would make me laugh, you know, and that, that kind of gets me into my head when I think about it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I love that house. He cracks me up. But I did state it on this when he came out. A friend of mine posted it. that he's all. He said, I just hope they allow him to dance tequila during his match. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there's a moment during the match where he goes, Maestro, music! Dan, dan, dan. Then he danced to it and he kicks his opponent outside the ring. And I thought that was pretty (laughs) fun. I enjoyed it. So I just hope maybe Tony Khan can allow him to do that because that's something I, I wish... It never goes away. It's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> let's see what they do with Danhausen. I can't wait to see what they're gonna, how they're gonna utilize them. Now, you guys may or may have heard for two weeks straight, Impact Wrestling put out this thing called the Coincidental Diva. I asked myself, "Who in the hell is that?" And then it came out on. On Wrestling Observer somewhere, one of the news outlets, I just don't remember. The quintessential diva is none other than Giselle Shaw. I'm like, oh, snap! Giselle Shaw, oh, definitely. I have to say, Impact got a really good one. I'm a fan of Giselle Shaw. The reason I am a fan, guys, I'll tell you why. The first time I saw her, is when she known as Reina Reyes down in W in Women of Wrestling or W or Wow. I was impressed by her what she was doing, and it was she is not like your typical type of wrestler where you know she smiles all the time. She's aggressive. She knows what she's doing. You know, and, and that kind of shows man she's a different type of breed. And I think one of my when I saw her in Ref Pro winning the 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 Ref Pro Undisputed Women's Championship. uh, This was, I think, somewhere in 2019 or 2020. This is prior before COVID-19 was serious. And I was like, wow, I was... I love Giselle. She is amazing. I have to say, I will love to see her wrestle. But the real question to me is, who will be the perfect opportunity? I say... I wouldn't mind if she challenges Donna Perazzo or Tasha Steele. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of variety of women who are perfect to be challenged by her. And I'm, like, so in tune with her being there. I just – I felt great. I know some of you AEW fans probably – she'd probably be better off being in AEW. I would agree, but I feel that she is – to me, a perfect fit down in Impact Wrestling. But like I said, there's a lot of possibilities of matches we could see in her, but we'll see what happens then. Now, this recent thing happened in stardom in one of the recent pay-per-views, Nagoya Supreme Fight. This took place on the 29th of January. I have talked about this group many times. I'm talking about the all-female faction known as Prominence. That's right, folks. Prominence. Now, if you guys don't know who Prominence is, if you guys are new to this channel, then I'll explain this to you. Prominence are an all a five-woman team comprised of Riza Sarah, Hakane Fujita, Mochi Miyagi, Zuzu Suzuki, and Hirage Kurumi. All these women were involved in hardcore death matches while they were still under contract with Ice Ribbon. Now, last year these women made the decision they were leaving Ice uh, Ice Ribbon by the end of 2021 and focused more their attention with prominence as a uh, freelancers doing hardcore and death matches. And they just made a, a couple of they made appearances as taking uh facing off a group known as Fukake no Fuchi, which is uh, Miyako Matsumoto's group and members of, of course, of D- of DDT, and then they did their own self-produced show where all four women, with the exception of Kurumi, who's out uh, out of action due to injury, and pr- and they have been making other appearances like promotion from other promotions, if it's not one or two or maybe more, but we'll see. But the recent development is when prominence invaded stardom. And they invaded because they have a target in mind. And that target is, of course, Julia. Now, you probably ask yourselves in the back of your heads, wait a minute, what is their beef with Julia? Well, if you guys have been aware of this or not, Julia, prior before going to Stardom, was, in fact, an ice rippin'. Yeah, so she was in that particular uh, group for a while. However, she left Ice Ribbon, violating the terms of her contract, and going to Stardom. That was one of the biggest controversies that took place during that time. This is before Stardom are saying that they're welcoming any woman who any other Yoshi wrestler from various promotions to come to their promotion. And that kind of, it's because it was purchased by Bushiroad. And that kind of puts it in a good perspective. But however, Julia was the main target. And it kind of showed of emotions. Like Julia was happy to see all these women. But the reality, how it was, the way the story has been posted, prominence were not happy to see her. And the way I see it is like they viewed her as a traitor for walking out on them but mostly coming from Zuzu Suzuki. From what I understand from what they're saying, Zuzu Suzuki and Julia were roommates. Suzuki viewed her as a sister. But the day when she made the decision to leave Ice Ribbon, she left without warning, without saying goodbye to anybody. And I can see how that storyline fits in. Julia has declared war recently with all the other factions. That include Oda Tai, Cosmic Angels. Stars, Queen's Quest. But now, here comes an outside group who are now declaring war on them. And basically, we could see a feud between both Prominence and DDM. But what does this mean for the other factions? What would they think? Turns out that uh, Mina Shirakawa knows Riza. But Riza said that they're not to, told her on Twitter, on, uh, to me, Riza to Mina, saying, Look, we don't have a problem with you. We want Julia. So basically, that's what it would make sense. But here's the thing I have a problem with. Um, Prominence is only five women. DDM, only seven. But if I was Prominence, I would recruit someone who's in fact been involved in death matches and who also had a problem with Julia. And that person would be, of course, Tam Nakano. That's what I would picture. Now, some of you probably say, wait a minute. Was Tam Nakano involved in death matches early in her career before she was known in stardom? Which she was, yes, she was. She was part of the uh, farewell tour of Sushi Onida before anything, and it would fall uh, into the category of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Risa Sara asked Tam Nakano to join him on this little quest to defeat th- Julia. And I feel like if that happens, you know, hopefully none of the Cosmic Angels get involved. Unless one of them wants to volunteer and help her out, that's how it, I picture. But I don't think none of the other angels know exactly what the hell his death matches are all about. So, but we'll see about that. Now, you may heard about the Rumble, all this and that. You know, as you know, the Women's Royal Rumble was a freaking disaster when it was first announced because they only had nineteen women. And they were only about, let's see, 11 girls short. Now, you ask yourselves, how in the hell did WWE got themselves involved in that? Simple. They released a lot of women. A lot of people in their roster. I'm like, what the fuck, WWE? What were you thinking? But they made calls to women. We know that Mickie James was one of them. But here who also appeared, we had Lita, Melina, the Bella Twins, Alicia Fox, Cameron, Summer Rae, Michelle McCool, and Kelly Kelly. But the biggest surprise was, of course, the oh yeah, and Sarah Logan, I forgot. But the biggest surprise came around is when we had the return of the hot rod, Ronda Rousey. Yes, folks, Ronda Rousey came back after being gone for quite some time, and there was... Speculation that she was being asked to come back by WWE. All of this, I know she said that she wanted to take time off so she can be a mother, and I think that's it's already happened. She's already a mom. She's fulfilled that part of the of the bargain. So now it's time for her to kick ass and make it. And now, you guys should know that she actually won the Rumble. But now you ask yourselves, who will she challenge? Hmm. Well. I know some of you are saying she should challenge Charlotte Flair, but a part of me thinks that she probably still has some unfinished business with Becky Lynch. Now, you probably ask yourselves, what do you mean unfinished business? If you guys remembered. Ronda Rousey was the Raw Women's Champion and she lost that title to the one person that was able to beat her who had a problem with her and that person was none other than Becky Lynch. So I feel that that storyline is still incomplete like it needs to be finished and I think it felt natural right but recently it just been told right now today on Raw Ronda Rousey is going to challenge her at WrestleMania for the title but however she does have another, Becky Lynch does have a challenge right now, and she better be prepared for that. And that challenge is none other than, of course, Lita, who wants a challenger at el- Elimination Chamber. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic to he- see about. Now, speaking of the Rumble, as you know, Brock Lesnar lost the title to uh, Bobby Lashley, all thanks to Roman Reigns. Now, the last thing that Roman Reigns is to see him go to WrestleMania. However, Roman Reigns actually... I mean, Brock Lesnar appeared at the Rumble, and he won the match. So it kind of fits in there telling the story. Yes, we want him back. We want him to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal title. But however, more information came around that it was supposed to be Riddle to win the match. But apparently... They had change of plans. They have something installed for Riddle at Elimination Chamber or so. We don't know. But that's how it's going to be. So we could see a Brock Lesnar challenging for the Universal title at WrestleMania 38. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to go. But what do I think about the Rumble? I have to say, if I have to rate it between 1 to 4, I give it a 4. I mean, 1 to 10, I give it a 4. That's how I picture it. Now, last thing I'm going to talk about is Jeff Hardy. Now, you guys remember Jeff Hardy was released due to an issue that took place during a house show. Uh, Jeff Hardy walked out and there was speculation they think he was on, that he was on drugs. But fortunately, it wasn't that. Basically, what happened is they just let him go. He said he was willing to do a drug test. Now, here's what it gets interesting. As soon as he was released, six weeks later, the the test came out negative. He was not on drugs. And because of that... WWE had to be the most dumbest sons of bitches ever. They called Jeff Hardy. We want you to be part of the Rumble, and we also want to induct you into the Hall of Fame. His response? No. Now I know some of you WWE loyalists who are listening, you probably say, But but that's stupid. He should have said yes. He's cleared. Uh, guys, there's a problem to this. Why now? Why did it took six effing weeks for the test to come out negative? That, to me, tells me WWE are fucking stupid. I feel like they, are, they should have waited. And that's how I see. Why now? Why they waited six weeks to call Jeff Hardy and say, we want you back and we want you to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, to me, that's really stupid out of them. They should have waited or, or speed up the results or something. But no, they decided to do what's best for business. decided, let's release them. It's that simple. I just don't get that kind of crap, in my opinion, with them doing that. I just don't get it. It just, it pisses me off that they made some things that they should have just, you know, they should have done this the right way, but it didn't happen that way. You know, and I just feel bad for for him that he had to do that. You know that it hadn't been like that, but I don't know. I just feel that you know. I don't blame Jeff Hardy for saying no, but WWE should have thought this through completely, but they didn't do that, and. I'm sorry, guys. They they screwed the pooch on this one. It wasn't Jeff Hardy. It was them. They, they came with the assumption that, of course, he was on drugs, but they didn't do the things right way. Sorry. And I just, you know, I just don't. <sighs> well, that's how it goes. Let's just leave it as that. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this, you know, with all me talking this content. I, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that took place, and I can't wait to see what else is going to take place down the line. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, right now, I got some other things I need to do right now, and if you guys are watching my YouTube channel, uh, deleted Wrestle Zone, you can see that right there on YouTube. I'll be working on the next review, and that's pretty much it so for now i'll see you guys in the next podcast time same podcast channel i must bid all of you adieu so goodbye and have a nice day bang